And hello again, everyone. Welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live here, brought to you by Coors Light, as always, right here on Giants.com. The number, as always, the call is 201-939-4513. I am Russ Salzberg, joined by my buddy, Paul Dottino, at the controls, the lovely Nicole Barros, and you, the fans at home. Again, the number to call is 201 939 Four five one three. Before we uh, get started, wanna uh, got something new to tell you people about. If you subscribe to the Giants Audio Podcast, please make note that beginning December one, Big Blue Kickoff Live will have its own dedicated podcast. Uh, you can begin subscribing now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or your favorite podcast platform. Again, it all starts December one. It's Big Blue Kickoff Live will no longer be available in the Giants audio podcast please subscribe to the big blue kickoff live podcast you can still watch or listen to the show on giants.com and the giants app and paul um all things considered you you know listen when you lose a game uh you want to get right back out there and you know try and erase it but i think um the buy comes at a good time I, yeah, the, the, you can debate I mean, it, I, but I I think the, the for for everybody, I think the buy comes at a good time. Maybe get some people healthy, which certainly has indeed been a problem. Get some people healthy and just regroup mentally and physically. I'll take it from a practical perspective. Uh, you still need to figure out if Shepard's coming out of the protocol, right? You still need to figure out when Ingram's going to be able to play again. Remember, he had the boot on his foot last week. Right. So, you know, those are two very important offensive weapons. We still haven't seen, by the way, Russ, this is 10 games in. We have yet to see the Giants' full complement of offensive players as they expected to have going into opening day. Uh, Not once. That's why I'm saying to you, the bye, all things considered. I'm not just talking about losses. All things considered. Health. Listen, we were talking about, you, you know, Solder with the concussion now, uh, Janoris Jenkins. Uh, Concussions. Yeah. Remmers Rem- has a bad back. Remmers with his back. And let's be frank about it. We, you know, Saquon has not been Saquon. He's playing on still a tender ankle. He's not his old self. And maybe this bye week gives him more time to, you know, regain um, – if not 100%, just getting healthy again. You know, one of the things I love about Saquon Barkley is that he truly is one of those guys who is on the upper echelon of competitors that I've covered over the years doing this. And we just got done talking to him in the locker room, and he made it very, very clear. While he's not happy with the production, while he knows that there may be some yards that he's left out there, he refuses to identify how badly hurt he is. He refuses to use that as a reason or an excuse for not gaining as many yards as he could have. He simply says, I have to do a better job. I have to study. I have to do this. I have to do that. Saquon Barkley does not wish to deflect anything away from him or to anybody else. Uh, this guy, this guy is one dynamite yeah, uh, I mean, personality who who he's knows ba- he's, he's battered and bruised and banged up, and he's not making excuses. He's not. He knows. He knows. Well, he's a captain. He's, be, he's a captain. He he needs to be a leader. He needs to be looked up to. He needs to set the right example for everybody else in that locker room, and he needs to show everybody else how accountability 
is really the best way to bring a team back from the depths of where the Giants are. Yeah, it, no, there's no ifs, ends, or buts about it. Uh, it. That's why, not that anybody else whines in there or makes excuses. No. We haven't heard any of that, not, not even a morsel of it, but the bottom line is it's a six-game losing streak. You want See, the point is, Russ, the point is, if one of your stars cracks, a lot of cracks follow. Well, but that's not, the point. Not just a star, but he's also a captain. You know, right. for, for a young guy, he's a captain for a reason because exactly. he, he has all the leadership qualities, both on the field and off it. But the bottom line is, you, you can tell. I, I mean, it, it's just obvious. He can't plant. Uh, he, you know, he doesn't have the quickness in the open field that he's had. Uh, you, you know, it's not just banging through the line. And he's trying to get it done. And um, again, as I said, the bye week, I think, comes at the right time, Paul. Yep. 201-939-4513 is the number. People are on the line already. So let's open up the phone lines. And let's go to Queens to start things off today with Mike. Hello, Mike. You're on with Russ and Paul. Hey, what's going on, guys? How y'all doing? Hello. How are you doing today? Doing all right. Uh, first time, quite a long time listener. Well, all thanks right. for well, sticking with us. Welcome aboard. How y'all doing? All right. Uh, I just want to talk a little bit about the defense. Um, I see, uh, you know, pretty much the pass rush is not going to get any better. You know, being in the, it is what it is with the guys we got. But I was wondering, uh, what do y'all see during the bye week? More of a rotation with uh, Bill being back. Put him um, with uh, switch him out with DeAndre Baker. And uh, I know you guys said the Giants are thinking about putting Love at safety. Because to me, I respect Antoine Bethea and everything, but um, he's like a cop out there. Every time I see him on film, he's chasing somebody. He's he's by the play. He's not in front of the play. Well, well, Mike, so, I, I think you're saying if there is heavy, if there is speculation, let's put it this way, Mike. If there is, then I'll, then I'll let Paul, you know, give his two cents. But if there is speculation on stuff, and that's not really new speculation. The secondary, uh, be it Beal, be it Love, yeah, some well, of that is expected. You have to understand something. When the Giants drafted Julian Love, they looked him at, looked at him as a versatile defensive back whose future in this league would be at free safety. And the truth of the matter is they didn't know exactly at what point in time that they would make that transition for him because he was primarily, obviously, a corner at Notre Dame. And he played some slot during the preseason. I'll be honest with you, I didn't think that that went as well as, as they had hoped. And so I think they tried to focus during the first half of the season on preparing him to be the backup free safety to Antoine Bethea so that as the Giants continued to move forward, he could glean as much as he could from him. And at some point in time, whether it's the Chicago game or maybe it's two or three weeks down the road or maybe it's not even until next season, at some point I believe they're going to give uh, Julian Love a shot at that free safety position. That's been the long-term plan all along. All right, Mike? Yeah, yeah I, I, I believe that. I think that would be a good idea. Um and uh, as far as Bill, uh, you think that he's going to be on the outside? I know you guys said he wasn't really uh, much of a slot guy. So you think he'll be on the outside? outside? Well, no. I'm, you said We're talking about Love again? No, he's talking about Beal. No. Oh, Beal. See, here's the interesting part about Beal. He clearly has the physical tools to play outside. But right now, it would be counterproductive 
to pull Baker off the field. Because DeAndre Baker needs to learn. He needs to grow from all of the mistakes that he's made as a rookie. And it's, it's totally, totally um, counterproductive to get him and sit him down. What good are you going to do? No, Mike, that's exactly... Nobody wants to hear it, Mike. And, and believe me, we can watch it just like you out there and, and the rest of the fans. Uh, but it it's, comes with the business. It's growing pains. When, when you have a young guy like that... To take him out, it's defeating the purpose of why you had him in. I mean, yeah, he's taking his lumps. Like, that's that comes with the territory. You know, it, you, you yeah. make, you, there's nothing wrong with your question, Mike. Don't get me wrong. But you, 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 that's Paul's right. It would be counterproductive. Th- then you've defeated the purpose of him learning. It's, it's like keep going out there, keep throwing your punches, and keep trying to get better. Now, here's what I will say. With Janoris Jenkins suffering a concussion against the Jets, it's entirely possible, okay, that he may not be ready for the Bears game. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know the answer well, to that. J- just remember, though, it's that's two Sundays away. It's not this Sunday. So for, you know, I, I think we're, we're he, talking yeah. hypothetical yeah, here. Yeah, right. right. If, if Jenkins can't go and you really wanted to push Beal into the lineup and get him some more snaps out there, that would be an opportunity to do it yeah. if you really wanted to. Yeah. All right, yeah, I Mike. Wasn't, I wasn't saying completely uh, bench Baker. I was just saying give him more of a, like a rotation, just like how with the uh, with the defensive line, you just rotate. You know, just because you know Bill been there for a while. They say he's been studying, and you know he pretty much knows a lot. I would like to just see him get you know a few more shots. That's all I was saying. All right, Mike. Understood. Thank you for the call, buddy. Appreciate it. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three is the number. Let's. Uh, Go to Brooklyn, Bay Ridge. Check in with Kevin. Hello, Kev. You're on with Russ and Paul. Thank you for taking my call. Hello. All right. Thank you for calling. What's up, Kev? You know, as, as a season ticket holder, I think one of the most things I'm most disappointed about is it almost seems like the organization can't take the heat anymore. I mean, we have a head coach who canceled the WFAN spot that they've had for as long as I can remember. Our GM isn't talking during the bye week. He makes a trade. He's not talking to the media. He puts out a fluff piece on the team website. Where is the accountability here in this organization anymore? Well, well, first of all, um, who cares about the the coach? You're bringing up a point, Kevin, the coach canceling on WFAN? Yeah, I care. I think that... It's it's been a staple of, from the head coach. Well, well, hold hold on a second. Hold, you asked me a question. Can I answer it? Go ahead. Go, go ahead. Okay. So I care because as a as a fan, as a, as a ticket holder, I don't like the fact that when pressed and taken to task over what's been bad play, continuing trends of it for years, even preceding him, mm. our coach feels the need to run and hide. Well, no, you, you, you know what, Kev. Enough. Okay. Thank you for the call. Your coach. Your coach. Because you know what? You, 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 you came on on the it's false pretenses. Goodbye. Hangs up. Yeah, I just hung up on you. You know why? Because you came on the false pretenses. All right? You come on. What, what are you, a plant for WFAN? You, you had the host on WFAN, Mike Francesa, insulting. The entire organization, who they are partners with, okay? Insulting the coach, insulting the general manager. But you want the coach to come on to kiss his rear end. You know what? We all applauded that. 
Everybody applauded that. And you, you pulled this crap before. You knew, you knew I was going to hang up, then you should have been smarter and not called. How's that? What do you think of that? When you say the organization has no accountability, do me a favor. You want to criticize, you want to be upset about the play, that's all well and good, and it's all understandable. But when you call up on that, you're calling up on a radio thing, which, by the way, the coach wasn't being paid for, so he wasn't obligated to do it. Yeah, Kevin, you, you go talk to somebody every day who is absolutely insulting you every day. Not asking you tough questions, but flat out insulting you. Because that's what was going on with the general manager and the coach, and quite frankly, the entire organization. Who's a business partner? Give me a break. This is not the Giants Chamber of Commerce talking. This is just common sense. Um, Let's go down to Atlanta and check in with Adam. Adam, you're on with Russ and uh, Paul. Hey, guys. First Hello. time caller. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Go ahead. All right. My question is, um, or my comment and question is, this team seems to be, right now, the epitome of insanity. They keep doing the same, the same thing. We need to make plays. We need to block better. We need to coach better. Yet, six games in a row, they don't do it. My question is to you, do you see any moves this bye week, either in coaching or in players or in moving people around, that can, uh, can give us edge when we come off the bye? Atlanta did it. They were 1-7. They made a couple changes, and it sparked them. Do you well, see us doing anything like that? Well, let, Adam, let, let, let's you and uh, let's Paul and I pose the question to you, since, since okay. you're bringing it up. What changes would you suggest? Uh, maybe changing, uh, changing out the um, the O line coach. Maybe uh, seeing how some of the young guys play um, in, in certain positions. Um, uh, you know, Beal, Valentine, that that kind of thing going forward. But pretty much in co- in coaching, I mean, it just seems that we're not. We got. I actually think we have good players on all the line. They're just not producing, and I'm. Thinking maybe that's either a scheme, maybe not. They're not being coached as well as they could have. Are there any changes we could make? Is there anybody in the organization that can step up and help them or give them new light? It's Adam, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Adam. A couple of things, and you have to understand also who's available mm-hmm. to the coach on a given Sunday. As it stands now, okay, they've got a right tackle who's a- who's aching with a bad back. They've got a left tackle who's got a concussion, and I'm assuming he'll wind up in protocol for probably an indefinite period of time. Could be a week, two weeks, three weeks. We don't know exactly what the timetable is going to be. So you got to figure moving forward, you're already going to go with two young players who have very, very little experience playing tackle. You've got Pulley right now who came in the other day to play center for Jalapeno who's got a bad hamstring, and coaches already said it's going to be a while. So Pulley's going to be the starting center against the Bears. So that's three-fifths of the offensive line that they already had to change out against the Jets. And, and they will have to continue with that line moving forward for at least the game against Chicago. So from that perspective, there's really nothing else you can do to change. I mean, they, they're already trying to jumble on the fly with the offensive line as it stands today. So that's the first answer to your, the first part of your question. 
The other part to your question about other positions, maybe, as you try to look at this in a generic sense, yeah, there is a possibility you could get more snaps for a Beal. There's a possibility of getting more snaps for a Julian Love who hasn't really seen much of the field. Sure, they could do that. They could maybe give Zimenez some more snaps. But Dexter Lawrence is playing full-time. Daniel Jones is playing full-time, right? Darius Slayton is playing full-time. Connolly's out for the year on injury reserve with a busted-up knee. So I appreciate your thought, your curiosity. There's not a whole lot more they can do based on the availability that they've got on the current roster. You know what, Adam? I mean, your question's a very you know fair, valid question, but here's the other thing, and you've heard us and talk about it, and I'm sure you, as a fan, you know, probably talks about it. We could talk about this change or that change, and this always happens when you're talking about a 2-8 and eight team. The biggest problem with this team has been, and I don't know if it's youth or what have you, the biggest team that bites them on a keister week in and week out is lack of execution, especially in key spots. It, 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 you know, even this past week, what, what, you know, I don't know how often you watch, Adam, but we, mm-hmm. talk, we talk about it all the time. One of the things that they have to get rid of, we, we, we say it all the time, they have to get rid of giving up too many big explosive plays on defense. What do we see this week? Demarius Thomas, a 47-yard. It, it just it rears its ugly head. I, you know, it's, it's the, if they would execute two plays better a game in some of those plays, they'd win those games. You know, Adam, I would go one step further, and I'm not trying to be a wise guy with this, but certainly one of the biggest statistical disadvantages a team can have is turnover ratio, right? We, we all agree on that. Yeah. And the Giants absolutely. are being absolutely destroyed yeah. by giveaways. Well, the number one culprit for the giveaways is Daniel Jones. So, you know, obviously, you know, the mathematical equation says, well, let's get rid of the person who is giving the ball away too much because that's a very, very painful and fatal flaw. Well, at this point, benching Daniel Jones would be a horrible, horrible mistake because the whole point of the rest of this rookie season is to get him to mature, learn, grow, and get out of things like that. So what it comes down to, and you just said it a minute ago, Russ, right? You said um, you got to roll with the punches, and these are mistakes that are inherent. That you, It's part of the deal. You just got to bite the bullet, and you got to live with this stuff. Adam, nobody likes it. Nobody. No, yeah. And you know what? Least of all, the coaching staff and the players. Nobody but nobody likes it. It just comes let with me the, ask you one. Go ahead. Let me ask you one quick follow-up question. Um, with, with regards to lack of execution and giving up big plays, would you say it's more on the, the players or more on the coaching staff or 50-50? Uh, to, to be frank with you, I think it's more on the players. I, I mean, they, okay. they, they, go, they go over this stuff religiously. I, religiously. And, and you know what, Paul, you'll attest to this. I don't remember when the coaches have walked out of a practice saying, boy, this sucked today. These guys weren't giving it their all. Well, we haven't, I haven't gotten that. We've we, heard a lot of good reports yeah. from good practices that have just not translated on Sunday. And, and, and you know what, Adam? It, that's, that's been the biggest thing that we've heard the coaches say all season long. we got to get the guys to do what they do during the week to show up on Sunday. 
That's what we got to get them to do. And yeah, listen, when you're losing, it falls on everybody. Okay. No, nobody's running from it. The coaching staff isn't, and neither are the players. You know what? All right, thanks, guys. All right, Adam. Thank you. I mean, frustration is the, is the operative word. When you're two and eight, there's a whole lot of frustration. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three is the number. Want to remind everybody, Big Blue Kickoff Live here is brought to you by Coors Light. You want to enter to win the ultimate VIP game day experience, courtesy of Coors Light. Well, then text VIP to nine zero four six four for more details. You know, Russ, I love to use food analogies because I'm a paisan. Yes. I love to do that. Food's a big deal for You're me. You're a paisan. No, you could have fooled me. <laughs> um, even and, even Nicole's laughing at that one. And 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 get a load case, of this. He's a paisan. Okay. In this case, yeah. I'm not going to go food necessarily, but I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk medicine. The truth of the matter is, when you're really sick, right, you may not like the taste of cough medicine, but you got to take it because the medicine is going to make you better. And you got to swallow that nasty tasting cough medicine to try to recover. Well, that's what the Giants are going through right now with these rookies, with these inexperienced players, and with some of the veterans who are making mistakes as well. You got to swallow the disgusting, awful tasting cough medicine if you're going to get better. And that's just part of it. It's a necessary evil. Thank you, Dr. Dots. You're welcome. <laughs> Two zero one, but it's true. You just you gotta deal with it. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Nobody says you have to like it, but dealing with it comes with the territory. Uh, let's go down to Philly and check in with Ross. Hello, Ross. You're on with Ross and Paul. Guys, thanks for taking my call. Love the show. A uh, couple quick points. Um, I want to kind of defend the team in a bit. Uh, you know, we have such a young team with, you know, wrong, young, raw talent um, that, you know, with this season everybody has hopes of going to the playoffs and going to the Super Bowl. Um, but it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. But we needed, you know, what kind of you guys were saying was learn from the mistakes, continue to grow. Um, so people like Charlie drives me crazy every day, calls in, drives me crazy every day like you guys. Um, just lay off him. He's a rookie. He's going to be great. He's going to learn. Um, so moving to that. Um, with his development, um, what are your guys' thoughts on the potential? This bye week, we're not going to lose any coaches or anything. It doesn't seem like, which is okay. Giving the play calling to Mike Shula, that way Shermer can then like focus on guiding Jones, you know, calming him down or talking to him after each play. He can focus on talking to him instead of focusing on the offense or what's going on in the game. You can look on the bigger picture of the game. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on that? And before you let me go, enjoy the bye week. I know you guys kind of get a little bit of a break, so enjoy that. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, much. Ross. Uh, go ahead. I'll let you. Well, look, I, I've had the philosophy from when I started in this business under Bill Parcells that a head coach and a play caller should be separate. Uh, it is not my preference that a head coach, no matter who he is, no matter what his name is, no matter what his successes are, in my opinion – I prefer that a head coach does not call the plays. Now, as it stands now, there are 32 head coaches in the National Football League. 14 of them call their own plays, okay? Now, Peterson in Philly, Peyton in New Orleans, McCarthy when he was with the Packers, those three guys have Super Bowl rings. Hmm. I think they're the only three head coaches in the last 20 years who have actually won a Super Bowl. That's not a majority. It's not a dominant number. Right. Um I just offer that fact to you. I'm not saying there's a right or a wrong here, but I have a preference 
that the head coach simply does not call the plays because I do believe there's too much going on. There are too many personalities. There are too many complex issues in addition to the rules and the officiating, which is constantly coming under question, that a coach has to deal with. I'd rather the head coach be a CEO on the sidelines and manage the game as opposed to the minute details of calling the plays. Now, of the 14 head coaches who do call their own plays, Russ, 10 of them previously came from a system where the head coach also called his own plays. Mm -hmm. So you see, it's kind of like an inherent thing right? that these coaches, when they get from that system and then get the head coaching job, they're, they're coming from a system where it was already being done, so they feel that's only natural for them to do it. So they want to do it because that's where they came from. That's what they were taught. That's what they believe. I don't blame them for feeling that way. I don't think they're wrong. There is no right or wrong. I was just going to say, I don't think there's a right or wrong. And when you two two and eight, as opposed to eight and two or whatever, five and four, five and three, whatever you are, um, that's what happens. Okay. It, you know, all the speculation comes up. I, again, as Paul said, there's no right or wrong. Uh, listen, when Shermer, Shermer had a reputation, he was the assistant uh, coach of the year his last year with, with Minnesota before he came here sure. for his brilliance, uh, having an offensive mind. So, right. you, you know. Ugh. I mean, I understand why he feels as he does, and he's going to call yeah. him. And he was asked today about potentially giving up the playbook, and he said, no, why would I do that? You know, I'm an offensive coach. He's got a quarterback that he's trying to mentor. I understand why he feels like he does. Yeah, yeah, you the, know, I, the one thing the, the last caller said, and um, I get where, you, where, I forget his name, forgive me. Um, the last caller had said, well, you know, if, if he wasn't handling it, then when Jones comes out, he can coach, could talk to him and calm him down, meaning Jones. Any criticism you want of Daniel, be it his interceptions, be it the fumbles, what have you, Daniel Jones does not need any calming down. He's not a nervous Nelly. He doesn't come. He he, he never comes to the sideline with his shoulders sagging and his head down. He he's he's looking to get out there. As I say, he's like the old Timex commercial. He takes a licking and keeps on ticking. He he's looking to get out there right away and get back into uh, business and get back into the scrum. Actually, Russ, if you, if you ever, I mean, I'm on the sidelines yeah, during most road games. Go ahead. And I will tell you, he spends a lot of time with Coach Shula on the bench mm -hmm. when he comes out of a game and Eli's always there yeah. to offer anything that, that he may need. Yeah. So I will say this, don't for one second believe that Daniel's being left by himself Absolutely to, to just drown. No, That's not the case. They, they have a system in place where he's getting tutelage when he comes off the field. So I don't want you to feel as you do because you think that Jones is being slighted. That That's not the case. All right. Okay, let's go to... Uh... D.C. and check in with Tony. Hello, Tony. You're on with Russ and Paul. Hey, gents. Thanks for taking my call. Much appreciated. Yes, sir. How All are right. you? What's going on, Tony? So, statement, and then a quick discussion, which I hate to say is doom and gloom, but, but my statement is this. I mean, I am a Mike Francesca fan, and I'm not big on Pat Shermer, but Russ, you're absolutely right. You can't insult the man and the GM, and, like, I mean, come on. <laughs> No, Tony, believe me, I, I get anybody wanting to criticize. Don't. That's not what this is about. But do me a favor. 
If you're going to come smack me in the face every time I'm going to talk to you, I'm going to stop talking to you. Exactly. I mean, no one owes, you know, that, that station anything. And, 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 and then the guy's cheerleading for you to be fired, but I got to talk. Come on. So you're right. It was insult. It wasn't just tough questions. It was insult. But, 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 he, but here's my uh, doom and gloom, and I want to get your guys, uh, you know, take on this, of course, which is why I called up. So, you know, we're looking at these games, and we all see what's happening. It's as plain as nose on your face, and that being is that the team is not getting better week to week, as, as we can see it. But here's the, here's the thing. Here's my theory on, on that. I don't see the GM's philosophy and the coach's philosophy, and it's not to say one is right or wrong or better than the other, but I, they don't match. And, and this was my concern well, when, give, give, um, me, give me, oh, Tony, no, no, Tony, uh, give me a reason, give us a reason, an example where you say their philosophies don't match. So, for example, and, and there's a couple, but this is probably the main one. So, okay, you draft a running back at two. I, I didn't think it was great, but I understood Gettleman's philosophy. Run the ball, stop the run, hit the quarterback. Okay, fair enough. But, let, but let's be real here. The New York football Giants running game for 2019 doesn't have a pulse. It is as dead as Julius Caesar. And even though <laughs> no, Saquon no, had a great... But, but <laughs> Tony, like, hold on one second, all right? We'll let you continue, but hold on a second. Uh, I would say what you just said about the running game in 2019 is fair. What's the big but, Tony? Were you watching the first half of our show here today? I'm sorry, what was that? Well, did you see the first half of our show, or did you just come on when you called? I just came on. Okay, because my my point being, we're talking about Saquon is not Saquon. They certainly had a running game last year. Saquon's battered, beat up, banged up. He's not himself. We we were talking at length about it before. So when you say that was the problem, yeah. they drafted a running back who was absolutely sensational rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year last year. This year, when, when, when you have the guy hurt and beat up, yeah, your running game is going to go south. But, 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 but here's the thing, and we spoke about this last season, rookie year. We all called up and spoke about this. Because the coach runs a West Coast system, even when Saquon was 100% his rookie year and played great, we still threw the ball twice as much as we ran it. So as it stands right now, um, and this is what people don't get about um, about um, our, our new QB. He's thrown the ball 30, on average, 37 times a game in his first eight starts. Oh, yeah, but Tony, I, 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 I got to disagree with you when you're talking about last year because when, when you're talking about throwing the ball last year, Paul, you probably have the stats. When you talk about throwing the ball last year, uh, how many receiving yards and how many pick catches – did passes did the uh, Saquon catch? Well, he caught ninety one balls. Ninety one balls. Yes. Here, here's here's no, I don't yeah. here. Give me a second now, because I I want to I want to make sure that we're on the same page. I understand your point because I'm a power football guy first. You know that if you've ever watched this show. Of course. I love course. to run the ball. I love smash mouth football. I'm an old school guy, so you know where I'm coming from. Okay, but I will say this: the Giants have had a tremendous amount of difficulty controlling the time of possession, okay, and playing from behind. Now, when you have trouble in those areas, usually that means you're not running the ball very much. You're going to have to throw it an awful lot. 
So out of necessity, they've had to do this. Now, I'm only going to point out to you that the year before Shermer got here, when he was in Minnesota, the Minnesota Vikings had the second highest run percentage in the National Football League. So Mm -hmm. that told me, boy, he really does like running the ball. He does want to run the ball because the Vikings were doing it, and they were going, what, two rounds into the playoffs by doing it. So I really kind of believe that that's probably deep down what he'd like to do and wants to do. But because of circumstances, last year with a messed up offensive line, he couldn't do it. And this year, because the team is having so much trouble of even getting their offense on the field because the defense is giving up 80-yard drives every single time you open your eyes, it becomes really difficult to do some of the stuff you may want to do. I mean, you, but, 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 I mean, I'm just trying to be but, fair but, with you now. But, 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 Paulie, here's the thing. Now, don't get me wrong. Falling behind is a variable that, that, that is reasonable for throwing the ball so much. But here's the thing. Yes, he was able to run the ball a lot in Minnesota, but he was able to throw the ball a lot to Adam Thielen and, and Stephon Diggs, and that is not Dave Gettleman's philosophy. Odell is gone. Sterling Shepard is injury-prone. So is Evan Ingram. Golden Tate's over 30 years old. I'll put it to you like this. I'll put it to you like this. If it was up to Dave Gettleman to take Chase Young or that Jerry Judy out of Alabama, he would take Chase Young. I would want him to, and you guys probably would too. Yeah. yeah. But, with the scheme, but with the scheme that's being run by um, Pat Shermer, he would want Jerry Judy. And I'll give you a perfect example why. If you look at the top pass rushers in the league through Week 10, four pass rushers have double-digit sacks. So they're averaging one sack a game. Right. There's only one receiver with a thousand yards so far named Michael Thomas. Right. Because he's playing in a West Coast throw the look, ball. Look, 40 times look, look, you know and you I'm know how sick. I feel about this, man. I'm very anti video game Madden esque offenses. You know that. Yeah, t- t- I'm an old school guy. You know, we sing the same song, but we're not singing the same tempo. Because, yes, yes, yes. because here, but, again, but, but please but understand, is not, but it's not, not bad. Well, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know exactly what the root of his game is right now because I see circumstances that make it understandable as to why he's done what he's done. I mean, seriously, it's not enough that the Giants are just getting behind all the time, but they're giving up 13 play 80 yard drives that take seven and eight, mm-hmm. nine minutes off the clock. And when that happens and you get the ball back, you got to be thinking to yourself, man, if we don't score quick, if we don't move it downfield with the passing game and get points quickly, guess what? The defense is back on the field and they're giving up another 80-yard drive. It, You know, that's going to make a guy do things he doesn't want to do. And this is my last point. I'll let you guys go. All right, Tom. And this is to defend Daniel Jones. If Daniel Jones played all 10 games – because Eli threw for 89 times the first two games. The New York Giants have 386 attempts, and it's only been those two quarterbacks. The quarterback that's leading the league in attempts is Phillip Rivers at 364, followed by Colin Murray at 360. Yeah. If Daniel Jones played all 10 games, he would by far be throwing the ball more than any quarterback in the league. This is a rookie. So, the, so but, but, but this is what it is. He is throwing the ball more than anyone out of Duke. Yeah, no running game. Yeah, but to- that's on the. That's on the coach. Oh, yeah, but, but but well, Tony. Yeah, thank you, Tony. Thanks for the call. But yeah, it's on the coach. But it's on the coach also with the circumstance being what it is. Just look I, again. Understand this, Tony. We're 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 coming from the same ballpark here. 
I just think that there are circumstances that must be taken into account. I think it's fair to question the situation. Why hasn't the giant running game been better? Why haven't they maybe stayed more committed to it? I think it's fair to talk about that. But I also do see that there are some logical answers as to why they've gotten away from some of the things that I certainly think that they should be doing in order to succeed. Um, If I can just hold up the calls for one second, there's something I want to tell you, Russ. The San Francisco 49ers were 4-12 last year. And everybody in the Bay Area has been so down on that organization for a lot of years because they've been awful, right? Well, what are they right now? They just lost their first game last night, right? 8-1, yep. Okay. In last, last year, they were 2-8 and eight at their bye week. Does that sound familiar? Hmm. And they finished 4-12 and 12 because they were 2-4 and four over their last six games. And by the way, when we talk about seeing improvement, in the last six games of the year, they got whacked by Tampa Bay 29-7. to seven. Seattle crushed them 43-16. to 16. They got beat by the Rams 48-32, to 32, and they lost to the Bears in an ugly 14-9 game. There was nothing in those last six games when the Niners went to finish 4-12 and 12 that indicated they would win eight out of their first nine games this year. Correct? Right. Is that fair to say? Yeah. My point to you is... And the game that they lost last night was in overtime. Exactly. Now, they beat the Broncos 20-14 to and beat the Seahawks 26-23. Uh, my point is this. There's no reason why with an additional draft and a lot of cap room in the offseason, my goodness, the Giants might wind up being the San Francisco 49ers of 2020. You, look, the point is it's never as bad as it looks or as good as it looks. And if anybody in San Francisco is telling you they thought they'd win eight of the first nine games this year after looking at that, they're lying to you. Well, you you and I heard the coach say today, you know, p- people don't want to hear it. And, you know, s- some people are going to write what they want to write about it. But th- the coach said today, um, yeah, he was asked if he sees improvement in, in his young players. He says, yeah. He says, but we just got to try and turn it into wins now. The point is, the Niners would not be 8-1 and today if they didn't go through that 4-12 and season. That's a fair point. It's a very good point. 201-939-4513 is the number. Before we get back to the phone calls, I uh, just want to remind you uh, that if you folks uh, subscribe to the Giants audio podcast, please make note that beginning December 1, Big Blue Kickoff Live will have its own dedicated podcast you could begin subscribing now on apple Podcasts, spotify google play or your favorite podcast platform again starts december 1 big blue kickoff live will no longer be available in the giants audio podcast so please subscribe to the big blue kickoff live podcast and you can still watch or listen to the show on giants.com and the giants app all right, what do you say we go up to portland maine that can only mean one thing paulie am i correct <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's already laughing. He's the already le- laughing. The legend. Hey, hey, Paul. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. What's going on? What's going on, Charlie? Hey, Paul, the only thing you left out about the great 49er turnaround was they didn't have their quarterback last year. That's why they were 4-12. and 12. That didn't help. Well, but the point is, last year, okay, they played a lot of young players. They were, they were building through the draft. Okay, and they played a lot of young guys. They got a lot of their mistakes out of the way. And now this year, look how that's turning out for them. 
You, you know, you, Charlie, you got to swallow your miserable, rotten-tasting cough medicine before you get better. <laughs> That's what I happens when. Well, yeah, I, 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 I was going to say, the, uh, you know, Charlie, I'm glad Paul said it was cough medicine. The way he was driving, I didn't know what the hell you were going to well, say. It was tasting so You know, bad. You, when you have the flu, you got to take your nasty medicine. Right. And that's what's happening. <laughs> hey, look, you know, we got three games coming up. 99% chance we're going to lose those three games. We're playing Philly, we're playing Green Bay, and we're playing the Bears, right? And the Bears. You know, their defense is pretty good, and they're going to have probably six to eight sacks. I can't believe, the, you know, the Jets' defense was not that good, especially the DNs. They got six sacks on us. It's unbelievable. But we're going to a team that really is good, who really does sack and also strip fumbles. That's what Mac does. That's what they do. It's not going to be pretty, especially if Solder can't play. And what I was screaming about since March, we need a swing veteran tackle. And we don't have one. And it's come back to bite us. And, you know, it's just unbelievable to me that they never, especially with Gettleman, who loves hog mollies and, you know, all that, you'd think he would have got a veteran swing tackle to be on this team in case, you know, rimmers with a bad back goes down or something happens to Solder. Charlie, Charlie, listen. And and look, you and I not only had this conversation many times over the past year, we actually agreed on this. Okay? Yeah, I know. So 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 you got to do me a favor, okay? That's probably like a crumb as to what's wrong <laughs> with this team right now. So why would you want to belabor the point of a crumb? Cuz he's Charlie. I mean because seriously, I this is this right. Oh, 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 oh <laughs> great. Go, go, so right. but but this is the crumb you want to bring to the table with the team no, at 2 no, and no. 8. I, you know what my big crumb is? And that's the you know, we've seen this movie called The Good, Bad and the Ugly. And that's Daniel Jones. Okay. So that's the big crumb. Yep. Just like you said, you can't have 13 turnovers. If that was a running back or that was a wide receiver fumbling all the time, they would be on the bench or they'd be cut. Yeah. And to keep this guy playing oh, is ridiculous. Oh, you know, Charlie, God bless you. I okay, love you. Okay, guys, take care. Thank right. you very much. Daniel Jones is the problem. <laughs> I, I mean, he, he, he talks about the turnovers. He doesn't talk about the games where he throws – four touchdown passes, not once, but twice. He doesn't talk about 15 touchdown passes in a well, season. I hope, I only wish that we had more problems like Daniel Jones. What do you think of that? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, Charlie, that, Charlie. That, that, you know what? Charlie was making valid points there till he gets to Daniel Jones and then he loses. Well, me. what boggles my mind is for a guy who has been such a Giants fan for so many years, he forgets that, you know, Phil Sims had growing pains and Eli Manning had growing pains. Mm. And as rookies, these guys had a lot of trouble completing passes. These guys had a lot of turnovers, just like Daniel's going through. Remember, that's the necessary evil that you must swallow when you play a rookie quarterback. Now, we can discuss the philosophy all we'd like. It's not going to change things. My opinion, rookie quarterback should sit the first year, and he should not play. I've made that clear. It's a general philosophy that I have, and I would have preferred that Daniel Jones not play until next year. Hmm. But once you put him in and you commit to that, the clock on his development begins, and you have to let him learn, mature, and work through it. Taking him out now is totally counterproductive. It doesn't help anybody. Well, listen, I, I couldn't agree with you more on that, and both you and myself 
wanted Eli to play this year. Okay, both you and myself we did. wanted him. And, and when the change was made, we both looked at each other. Mm, I don't know, but I will tell you this. If we're going to be honest about it, yes, there's been the interceptions. There's been the fumbles. But there's also been quite a few plays that you and I and many of the fans out there all know that Eli would not have been able to escape the trouble that Daniel was able to escape. So it works both ways. 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's go out to Chicago, check in with Mark. Hello, Mark. How are we doing today? Hey, we're doing okay. Hey, Hello. Paul, are you going to walk the sideline out here in a couple weeks? I'll be there, and I'll be... And it's four inches of snow. Yeah, <laughs> well, well. Let, let me tell you this. I may not be wearing my wingtip shoes, though. <laughs> I may have to go for some uh, some rubber sole uh, hard tops because uh, I know it can be rough out there. Well, you need to bring your long underwear, that's for sure. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know if you guys, uh, I'm sure you did. You probably watched the game last night on Monday Night Football. So other than the announcing crew, it was a quality football game. But when I looked at it, you saw both teams trying to impose their will. You saw both teams making mistakes. You saw both teams saying, no, you're not going to impose on me. I'm going to impose on you. And you can see, saw some dumb plays, like a guy trying to strip the ball away from his quarterback, the offensive lineman. So I thought about this, and I'm like, you know, you saw a lot of the same things that you see in Giants games, where there's some really unusual plays, but both of these teams are quality enough and savvy enough those mistakes. You 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 just and, hit, you just you know, hit the nail on it, Mark. It's like we're you, watching a flag football team compared to what we saw last night. Well, mm-hmm. but, but Mark, the point you bring up, anybody's going to tell you that's what good teams do. The, the the good teams are able to overcome their mistakes. This is a young team, and obviously, we've spoken about it week in and week out. They're not able to overcome the mistakes. It's the mistakes that bite them on the keys to every game that cost them the games. Right. Well, one thing I did see last night that I liked is both teams know how to tackle. That's for sure. And they tackle hard. But anyway, um, getting to where we are as a team, you know, I think the defense, you know, it is what it is, and we're just going to see a lot of the same for the rest of the year. So in my opinion, let's do with the defensive backs what we're doing with Jones. You know, let them – you know, go through their growing pains. Ballantyne, Beal, um, yep. Bake, uh, what's the other guy? The, uh, Baker. The, Baker. Cornerback. Just put them out there and let them make the mistakes. We can't play a whole lot worse than what we're doing already. You also can't but, get better if you don't keep going out there. Exactly. Yeah. So, but, so that leads me to the offense, and this is really where I have a problem. Um, I'm seeing a lot of Ben McAdoo in Pat Shermer, in that I think he's too wedded to his system, and we can't do that. I mean, I looked at a montage of Saquon Barkley's runs the other day. They're almost all inside the tackles, and he's getting hit before he even has the ball almost, and he's Mm -hmm. running out of the uh, shotgun formation, Mm -hmm. which, Paul, you were talking about the power running game. So after I went to the Detroit game, I called in, and I said, you know, we got to do more misdirection. I think the problem we have is in our game plans. You know, you talk about scripting, and you have the first 20 plays. 
you know, we're behind 7 nothing usually when we get to start those plays. You've got to do things that the other team isn't expecting. And I didn't watch the game, but I listened to the game on the radio. And Papa and, um, call, and the other guy were call saying banks, call that, banks. you know, they, they knew the plays before we were even running them. And I think we're into a routine here that it's making us very easy to defense. And I just think that we need to do more misdirection. You're talking about Jones fumbling all the turnovers. Those are primarily happening when he's in the pocket. Jones is most effective when he can roam around a little bit. So let's do a little more rollouts and some sprint outs so he moves around a little bit to at least throw the, uh, the defense off their game a little bit because I think they know exactly what we're doing. Uh, okay, Mark, thank you for the call. Paul? See you in Chicago. Yes, yeah, see you in <laughs> Chicago. All right, let's go to our old buddy down in Columbia, Maryland, Len. Hello, Len. How are we doing today, my friend? Well, still a little frustrated. Yep. Yeah, never like to lose to the Jets. Don't like this losing streak six in a row. It's hard to lose six games in a row, Paulie. Yeah, I mean, well. you really, you really got to be playing bad to lose six games in a row. Uh, I guess Pat, you know, you listen to Pat. He, he says he sees some, he sees some improvements. I, I don't know what he sees in losing six games in a row that he could call improvements. Um, but look, I, let me let me just comment early early on. You know, one of the callers concerned about Pat on, uh, you know, on Francesca's show. Um, I, I think Sherman does a pretty good job at the press. I mean, it's a tough gig. Uh, I, I think he does okay. And to tell you the truth, I think that's, I know this may be an exaggeration, but I think that's almost half his job in New York. I mean, this is in Jacksonville with one radio station and one television station and one newspaper sticking a microphone in your face yeah, you, you know and what? asking you questions. These are some pretty darn smart people. And I, I think Sherman does okay with them. Well, you know what, Len, though, to, to be frank with you, I appreciate you, you making the point, but... Uh, I would uh, agree with you, but but having said that, who cares? I don't want to talk about Francesco or WFAN well, here. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell I, you who cares, Russ. I'll, I'll tell you, honest to God, who cares is the management of the team. That's who cares. Above Pat, that's who cares. How they deal with the, how they deal with the press. Right. How they stand up there every Sunday. That's who really cares. I mean, Paulie, you know, when when Perkins got hired. And maybe this is a, a good thing to start with, uh, to uh, you know, can talk about here. But when Perkins started, George Young spent a lot of time with that 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 young coach, helping him understand that a good part of his job was dealing with the press. He couldn't blow them off. He had to deal with them. Well, yeah, right. but, but that's I mean, an important part but, of that job. But Len, yeah. Len, and, and, and Perkins figured out how to do it. Yes, I'm sorry. Russ, no, but ahead. but Len, that, no one's disputing that. And, and uh, I'm just saying, who cares about? The, the Mike Francesa show. Yeah, I mean, okay. that, that, that's my point. We're not talking yeah, yeah, about the way you. he deals I, I with the you. media. I We're I, talking I just about... wanted to kind of compliment Shermer. Well, I think no. he does okay with Yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah, okay. Hey, Paulie, um, yeah. let's, let's, uh, let's go back to 79. Of course, Russ, Russ was around then. He remembers. He's going to remember what I'm talking about here. So George Young comes in, and he hires Perkins. And we have a miserable 79 season, but we hang in there. We get back to the next season. Arguably, that, that, that second team, that 1980s team, may have been worse than the 79 team. It was bad. But then we get, but then we get, to, but then we get to year three. Well, actually, I think that team lost eight games in a row. 
Um, I, I have to go back and check that, but I think it was eight games in a row. Um, it, you know, you get to 81, and here we are. You know, we're limping through the season. We're hanging around 500, and all of a sudden, I know you like the Atlanta game. I like the second Philly game. Um, Understood. You know, down down there in Philadelphia, and 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 that launched us. Paul, is that is that your phase three? Is is that what you see happening? And I'm asking, I'm I'm not trying to get into an argument with them. I'm trying to find out where you think phase three is. Well, is that phase is that phase three? And is it next year in your in your mind? In my opinion, uh, Len, and I've gone through this every off season now for many many years. I look at the roster at the end of the season and I say, okay, these are the 53 that they've got. Okay, how many quote. Um, snap players, whether it's starters or regular rotation guys, guys who are going to be significant members of the team come September. How many of these guys need to be upgraded? And there are years when I've gone through that exercise and said, you know what, they're a good 10 to 12 away. And that's never a good sign when you're talking about needing 10 to 12 regular snap players to be a competitive playoff type team yeah i look at this giants team right now and i see them being a half a dozen players away and as i've always said between the draft and free agency i don't think it's too much to acquire a half a dozen players in one off season you buy two or three free agents you draft two or three guys that hit right away in the draft i don't think that's that's impossible that's not a reach yeah So, yes, my answer to you is I did feel in August this team was five or six players away from being a legitimate playoff team. I really did feel that, and I still feel that way. So, yes. Let me try to to build on that for a second. And and I'm I'm, I'm a little worried today because I, I look back at that 2018 draft, Paul, and we expected so much out of these guys. You know, the 2018, not the 2018 draft. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we, you know what we were talking about in the offseason in terms of sacks and how much yardage are we going to, you know, is the guy going to gain? Okay. Pauling, nobody's playing better. Nobody out of that 2018 draft is playing better than they played in 2018. Mm. I mean, Let me think about that a second. I mean, one of... <laughs> You know, one of the guys isn't even on the team. The well, quarterback. Bar- but, but Barkley's hurt. Let's let's go through I, I mean, it. I'll, I'll be fair with you, Len. I'll go through the exercise with you. Barkley's hurt, so that's kind of like uh, a not counter. Okay. No, okay. he is. All He's right. hurt. I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, Will Hernandez, in my opinion, has been very inconsistent this year. I yeah. think he needs to be better, and I would hope that in year three he really blossoms and becomes the guy that we know he can be. Okay. I'm hoping if we get better play out of the center, Hernandez is going to improve too. Paul. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Sorry, Lo- I didn't mean to interrupt. Go Loren- ahead. Lorenzo Carter, in my opinion, for what he's been asked to do in this scheme, has actually played pretty well. Now, he hasn't been an impact player, but that's not the position he's in in this defense. In this defense, they want Marcus Golden to be the impact player. And Golden's actually filling that role pretty well. Carter is being asked to play second fiddle, and he's doing okay with that. Now, if you tell me you want to see his role change and you want Carter to be an impact player, you're going to have to change his role in the scheme because it's not designed yeah. to make an, an impact. Yeah, player. there you go. There okay? you go. There you go. I got you. All right. Hey, Russ, let, me, let me just comment on one more, one more thing here, if, if, you know, if I may. Oh, you got to you you let, 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 make of this first and fourth quarter performance on, on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, this, this is no longer 
just something that happened this past week. I mean, we're talking four or five weeks now. Uh, we're, uh, <laughs> let, we're falling behind. What the heck is going on with the first quarter? Len, we're going to have to answer this uh, with you saying goodbye because we got like two minutes okay, left. Okay, okay, I got you. Thank, Thank you, Len. Go ahead, you. go ahead, uh, Paul. Well, how many times have you and I sat in the press box and I look at you and I'm like, okay, the other team gets that opening drive touchdown or those opening drive points, and there it is again. They've held the ball for 10 minutes. Giants have barely had the ball in the first quarter, and they're down again. How many times have we discussed mm-hmm. this in the box? That's just a terrible position to be in. Uh, I am of the opinion, and I understand, again, there's no right or wrong here. I believe when you win the toss, unless there are extenuating circumstances, I go with the Bill Parcells philosophy. Uh, I, you I, take the ball, you get the lead, you throw the first punch, and you put the other team on their heels. Well, the y- analytics say otherwise, and almost every coach in the NFL believes you have to defer. But what, ha- what, what happened when the Jets took the ball this year? Yeah, I, right I, last week. I, they you, took the ball, they scored, Giants are down. But you can flip a, to me, you can flip a coin you know, on that Literally. argument. <laughs> no, but really, because you know what? You can also say, okay, so the other team scored first. So now you get, it's not the other team scoring first, but now your offense gets the ball. What's the worst thing that can happen? What, what they do is then if they go three and out. So if they get the ball and drive down, then you can get the ball and drive down. The problem has been, as, as Len said, not just the first quarter, but the biggest thing again, here was another game. Go, go back to, to the... In right. each of the last games, go back. We, we got to say goodbye. But go back to starting with um, the Patriots. They've been there again in the fourth quarter oh, I know. every time. I know. And, and you know what that is? When we talk about young teams not executing, not making mistakes, not getting it done, not knowing how to finish the deal, that has been this edition of your New York football giants, but that also has been this edition of big blue kickoff live. So our thanks to the lovely Nicole Barrows for taking care of us at the controls, Paul Lee dots, Paul Dottino, myself, Russ Salzberg. And most of all, thank you. I'll be back here tomorrow with David deal. See you then.